gentlemen, welcome to Homemaker Sheep Podcast. If I sound super energetic, it's because it's Thursday and I love Thursdays. Yay! Because not only is tomorrow Ultra Feminine Friday over on Instagram, if you follow us at Homemaker Sheep Podcast, but um, I don't know, it just feels like so much of the heavy work of the week is done. Mm-hmm. And it's not like we don't work Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but it's different. It's different. I, I think you and I sort of do our weeks the same way where we just go like a baller from like late Sunday night, early, early Monday morning until yeah. like there's Thursday at one or two. And you're like, oh, yeah, I did it. I quit. I did it. I quit. Wow. Right. Yes. Usually Thursday nights are like the night where I'm like, ah, oh, screw it. Let's go into town for tacos. <laughs> right. I don't need to home cook a meal. Let's go for tacos. Yes, um, I am Shay Elliott of the Elliott Homestead blog, by the way. I live in Washington State, and I am joined by my beautiful friend, Angela Reed of Parisian Farm Girl blog, and she lives in Wisconsin, 2,000 miles away. And we are two best friends who live so far apart and have no date on the calendar of ever seeing each other again. And how many times have we seen each other? Three? I don't know. More than that. Four? Four? Five? I don't know. No, no. I, I think it's just four. Don't say that. It sounds sad. super depressing. It does. It sounds super depressing. That can't be right. Yeah. And it was all business related. That's like, even we've never, worse. Shay, we have never gone and just Hung torn up. it up. I mean, the one meal we went out for in Atlanta where we did tear it up, yes. that was like our three hours of just, just being Ange and Shay. Like, but otherwise we're like in our pantyhose and our three inch heels and we're it's been very uh focused like we've never just that's stupid thanks covid (laughs) all right we gotta Uh, fix that we gotta fix that stat um but this is homemaker chic podcast and this is where angela and i get to come together and talk and encourage other homemakers to rescue the art of homemaking from the daily grind it does not need to be drudgery Although I'm, I was just thinking about that analogy of being barefoot and pregnant in front of the stove. And I'm like, oh, we've kind of done that like 10 times between the two of us. That's a, that's a lot of pregnancy. It's <laughs> a lot of pregnancy. <laughs> that's a lot of misery. Um, I mean, it is, you know, the fact is it is a daily grind and we want to help you rescue it. We want to, you know, add yes. some, add some fun into the mix. So add some have- jazz hands. Jazz hands. To Jazz your hands. Daily grind. <laughs> Jazz hands. <laughs> right? So, uh, friends, I have a request. I have a, first of all, I have a really big announcement. We started this podcast. We began this podcast, uh, what, like March 2nd? Mm-hmm. Okay. We have surpassed half a million downloads. Say What? what? Half a million. Actually, it's about 520,000 downloads. That is Captain Insano. That's kind of scary. Oh, uh, yeah. That makes me feel are, a little bit vulnerable. We are the first to admit <laughs> Made that. A, a dork out of myself. Seriously. Half a million times. So we know very little. We, we're talking out loud here. You can't be filtered for that's this That's what long. Joel says. We're thinking out loud. 
Yeah, we are. But Joel will go, I'm just talking out loud. I'm like, no bleep. Are you? (laughs) Are you talking out loud? It's how I process thoughts. It's how I think through things. I have to talk out loud. That's it. Sorry. You guys are getting a free flowing like brain to mouth out action, which brain vomit. Brain vomit. Okay, but back to my favorite. Okay, I have sorry, a favorite to ask. Okay, so thanks to our lovely homemaking friends around the world, and it's not just America. Friends, we are supporting homemakers in other cultures, especially in Europe, where homemaking is you know not really done. We have this favor to ask. I do. Probably eight thousand of you are going to hear this in the next few days. That's how our usually our episodes usually start off. What if? Even half of you went and shared Homemaker Chic on your favorite social media platform. Mm. Maybe you gave a shout out to us on Instagram. Maybe you posted your favorite episode on Facebook and you invited the homemakers in your neighborhood, in your church, your girlfriends, your mom, your sister to give us a listen. What if we could double our audience over the next few months with your help? That would be amazing. That, that would, would be a be, serious be effort, a, a worldwide effort to rescue homemaking from the daily grind. Yes, it but would. We can't do it alone. Yes. I love there that. No, I love that. I'm glad you put that out there because we've shared this before, but we do get emails all the time from people who just are like, I'm so glad to know I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. I'm so encouraged to be, I'm so glad to be encouraged in what I see as valuable and true and good and, you know, called to do. And, um, you know, thanks for being my community. Thanks for giving me tips or different ways of looking at things or different. And lots of times people too don't agree with us on stuff. Great. Fabulous. Let's have a conversation. We're here to talk. Please don't always agree. I don't, I listen to so much during the day that I, I, I listen to podcasts that are like antithetical to Mm -hmm. most of what I stand for. Yep. Very entertaining. Um, I will say this too. If you're brand new, don't. Don't put the show in a box. What It's called Homemaker Chic. And you go back to season one. I think we did a really great episode. It's one of my favorites it's called We Are All Homemakers. So I think oh, it's yeah. really easy to think we're just talking to stay-at-home moms. If you have an apartment, if you rent an apartment, if you live in a camper, if you live in a big old house and you keep it and you consider its function and its environment, its um, coziness, your responsibility, you're a homemaker. Mm-hmm. With kids, without kids, grandma, 17-year-old, mm-hmm. we're all homemakers. So we invite you to share the podcast and help us with a big surge of growth so we can um, bring that, bring those jazz hands. Seriously, more, more well, and kind of now more than ever, right? Is like people are going on lockdown again. We actually lockdown have a ton again. of listeners in the UK and um, they're on lockdown again. So they yeah. need all the love and support and encouragement Absolutely. and jazz hands that we can possibly muster to give them. And I'm sure we're probably about ready to do the same here in Washington State again. So uh, that's another topic. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do that one today. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> today's. Uh, yeah. Okay. No. First. Today's no. episode. <laughs> Of Homemaker Chic, you guys, is brought to you by something very near and dear to my heart. Speaking of lockdown, speaking about jazz hands and reviving the art of homemaking. Um, Mm -hmm. We're doing today's episode sponsored by the Elliott Homestead Cooking Community. And if you're not sure what this is, this is a program that I run through my blog that allows you to get brand new recipes, whole food recipes delivered to your door every month. So some people choose to do this digitally 
And some people choose to be an actual physical member where I actually mail them the recipe cards in, in the mail every month. But it's a community that's designed to help people revive the art of cooking again and get excited about cooking again. And so each month as a cooking community member, you'll be given five new recipes and an hour long instructional video of cooking those recipes. And then we also meet together for a monthly Q&A where we just talk about food and encourage one another. And one of the biggest parts so far, we've been doing this for two years now. When I ask people what they love about the community, yes, it's the recipes. Yes, it's being exposed to new ingredients. Yes, it's reviving the cooking aspect of their life and getting excited about being in the kitchen again. But it's also this community of cooks that we've created. I mean, lifelong forged friendships of women like you who value these things and see um, see the goodness in them. And that's been really fun. We foster that in our Q&A calls, on our Facebook group, just through general email and being together. So if you'd like to check out our cooking community, we would love to welcome you as a member. If you live in the United States, you can join as a physical or digital member. And if you are outside the United States, you can join as a digital member. And that way you can still participate no matter where you are in the world. So go uh, check out cook.theelliothomestead.com. I'll put a link to that below. We would love for you to check it out and join us because we're just getting ready to embark on our third year of cooking community recipes, which is fabulous. And I will say really quickly, if you join before the end of the year, you get access to the entire archive of everything we've done so far, but that's going to end January 1st. So you need to join before then. And how many recipes is that? Five times... 20 a bunch <laughs> four i don't need it's so many recipes so many hours of instruction it's, there's a lot there so go check it well, out and a lot of basics i mean like a great foundation for for your kitchen you guys that mm-hmm. is what we call a call to action you 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 have to go check it out the time and commitment and beauty that shay puts into her cooking community uh is a rare thing indeed she knows because i sent her all the pictures as i'm taking them like oh look at this one Ooh, look at this one. <laughs> I'll be doing something really horrible and not beautiful. And she'll send me this photograph. I'm like, oh, crap. Here's a slice of beef Wellington. What? Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's very Ooh. fun. It's very fun. And it's grown a lot actually during COVID times, which tells me people need people need that. I need yes. that. I'm cooking all day, every day. I still go to my cooking community recipes. Like, come on. They're absolutely beautiful. We You're can making do me, this. Um, You're making me thirsty. Mm, let's cue that wine music then, shall Please we? Please cue it. If you are new to the podcast because somebody has shared our podcast with you on their favorite social media platform, a la the beginning of this podcast, <laughs> this is our wine segment. And this is the part of our podcast where we encourage you to pour a glass of whatever scratches your itch, whether that be tea or wine that's the only other beverage i could think of was wine (laughs) tea or wine you have two options (laughs) that's it (laughs) i choose wine i don't like tea sorry at all not really herbal teas if i'm sick we're we're trying to build the british audience shay sorry i don't it does nothing for me nothing i'm like you're just posing as coffee you're trying to you're a bad you're a bad representation of coffee. Okay, but that's like black tea. I mean, mm-hmm. but do you do like chamomile that's what I'm and talking things like that? I'm, yeah, I mean they're okay. They're okay. Mm. 
I love chamomile tea. With a little spoon of honey, it makes me very happy. This smell, well, I love chamomile flowers. I mean, everything about it. But yeah, I'm not like a... I'm not going to... Yeah, I just want coffee. I want cappuccinos, please. Give me cappuccinos. <laughs> That's what I would like. Um, this part of the podcast is sponsored by our beloved Dry Farm Wines. Here's why you need to know about this company. Because you're probably drinking wine. You're probably drinking store-bought garbage wine that has a ton of ingredients added to it that they do not legally have to label. That could be things like purple dye, but we know for sure... Every wine almost that you see on grocery store shelves has added yeast, commercial yeast, and sugar. That's how they get that alcohol content up to 14%. So flip your wine bottle over. If it's 14%, rest assured, my friends, it has sugar in it. Even 13, 13 and a half. Mm -hmm. So Dry Farm said, no, we don't want that. We want wine that is clean, pure, to the source, estate grown, estate bottled, naturally yeasted, no added sugar, no added flavorings, no added fillers, no dyes, nothing. We want pure wine as wine used to be. That's what Dry Farm's mission is. They've gone all around the world and sourced this wine for us. They import it here into the United States. Todd does a fantastic job of purity testing everything that comes in. He's visited all these estates. He could tell you who bottled this wine. Actually, I could tell you who bottled this wine that I'm going to share with you today. That's the kind of wine we're talking about. So go visit them, dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic. When you do that and you place your first order of wines, you can just do a one-time order if you'd like, or you can have them shipped to you every month, which is what I do. You can choose 12 bottles a month, which is what I do, or nine or six or three, depending on how much wine you drink. And you can choose whites or reds or sparkly, but I would encourage you to get a mix. Let them send you what they want because you're going to be exposed to wines that you didn't even know you wanted until you That's what I did for the first few months. I really wanted to see uh, where they're coming from. What What is the fuss? So I just picked like the variety and I've been stunned. I mean, you're mm-hmm. drinking wines from, from countries that you're familiar with, you know, obviously France, but different, <clears throat> excuse me different regions in France. Um, you guys, well, first of all, Shay, we've, we've started like a dry farm revolution. I mean, it is hysterical. (laughs) I'm so happy. So many people are trying the wine, but this company is everything you want a company to be. What their, their passion for what they do comes out in everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you get the big mm-hmm. like newspaper they sent last month? Oh yeah, that was I actually got freaking three. <laughs> gorgeous. Yes, they sent like a three by three multi paged, beautiful full bleed, mm-hmm. full cover or color rather uh, newspaper, and they covered farmers markets and olive oils and wine and the different countries, different farmers explained the whole concept of what it means to be a biodynamic vintner. This was amazing. Yeah. yeah. It was like an education and so beautiful mm-hmm. photography and yeah. Give it all to me. I want it when you know and you you understand these things about your wine, it it is that tapping in that we talk about because you're able to just enjoy the experience of drinking it that much more. Not only do they taste better and make you feel so much better. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever had a wine where you, I can drink just a small amount of a commercial wine and my the insides of my ears will itch. 
Do you ever get, have you ever gotten that? No, I get the behind the right eyeball headache. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It's like this instant like, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Dry farm wines are not that way, which is why we drink them. And we encourage you to drink them too. If you do partake of wine, partake of less wine in a better way. Yeah, I, I think that's something, I mean, as a podcaster, you know, you and I being friends and I know women love their wines. It's something I'm really proud of that we're trying to sort of change this mindset mm-hmm. around women drinking wine. We're not talking about Wino Wednesday, getting the cheapest, biggest box of Chardonnay, you know, that you can and yep. knocking it back. We are rescuing the art of homemaking. We are chic. Yes. We are learning about what wines go with what and how to appropriately enjoy it. And, you know, I've said this before with, you know, so many of us have such strong farming and food convictions. This is a, a wine company that's going to match those. Yes. www.tryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic. Yep. Now ask me. ask me. Ask me. Ask me. I am. Shush. <laughs> I'm really what excited about you? this one. For the love. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what are you sipping? Well, funny you should ask. <laughs> I barely did. <laughs> this was a really good one. And the funny okay. thing is, is my friend Lacey. Hey, Lacey, um, a budding homemaker over on Instagram. She tagged homemaker chic on Instagram. And she's like, okay, dry farm wines. Here's what I'm sipping, you know. And it was this so wine. Cute. So she got a bottle of this too this month in her order. It's a French wine. Um, Gamay. Is that how you say that? It's 100% Gamay grape. Okay. Is that how you say it? G-A-M-A. Well, you say it with a little bit more of a French accent. Like, like how? I don't know. Gamay. <laughs> Gamay. 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 Probably. Gamay. Gamay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to really try this. Okay. Note Blanche. Domain. Franck Besson. <laughs> Just because I appreciate what I'm drinking does what not mean I know. What was the first word? How do you spell the first word you said? No. How do you spell it? N-O-T-E. <laughs> okay. No. Yeah. Blanche. Blanche. No, okay. no blanche. <laughs> uh, I think you're going to pronounce that T a little bit because of, because note, of the E. Note blanche. Note domaine Franck Besson. So Franck Besson is the vintner. <laughs> That's his name. Franck. Franck. <laughs> that reminds me of French kiss, Luke. That reminds me of Father of the Bride when Falk, the with a wedding planner, you know, Hans and Frank, the Chipper Chicken. No, from yes, no. Chipper no. Chicken. What are you talking yes. about, Father of the Bride? Listen to me. The audience knows I'm right. The Chipper Chicken, Frank, Frank. He, he teases steve martin's character because he's like you can't always have the chipper chicken oh yes yes the chipper chicken yes yeah. well i was gotcha. thinking a cock frank is made of flour and water oh my God. <laughs> a cock a cock a cock made of, a cock it's made of flour and water yes i love that scene oh my gosh flour that, and water they are it's one of my favorite movies of all time a cock 
Frog is made of water. <laughs> <laughs> it's when Steve Martin's character is complaining about how much the wedding cake is going to cost. And the wedding planner is like, you're going to pay it because it's a wedding cake. I wish all the lines are like on the tip of my tongue. I wish I had them memorized like I do from other movies because seriously, fabulous. we have one. You know, we talked a couple episodes ago about mm-hmm. um, things that you say in your family that wouldn't make any sense to anybody outside your family. We have so many. Yeah. Okay. Well, one of them is from Father of the Bride in my family. And it's when the guys, is this, this is Father of the Bride part two, where he's selling the house. Okay. Okay. And the guy mm-hmm. comes to buy it and he's talking about all the things he's going to do to it. And his wife interrupts some, him and he goes, Mechanicalim, <laughs> which in some <laughs> language means like, obviously, shut up. Stop talking, lady. <laughs> And so Steve Martin then starts shouting mad at people throughout the movie. And so right. we say that in our family where it's like, hey, check your like, shush you. Mechanical. We do that. We do all the, like, what's another one like from the first one? Oh, relax, relent, release. Yes. Relax, <laughs> relent, release. <laughs> oh, that makes me want to watch that movie. Okay. This wine. Okay. It is a white wine. A hundred percent white gamay. Um, a French wine. Soup. We talked in the last episode about minerally wines. Mm-hmm. This wine is so light. And when I say light, I mean not like watery. Not, sweet, not watery. Not yeah. watery. Right. Not syrupy, but not vinegary at all. Like just mm-hmm. crisp and minerally. And I was thinking this is one that people should do in their order. Request for note blanche to be added to your order. Perfect. Thanksgiving wine for people who want a white wine at their Thanksgiving table. Super good with like, when Mm -hmm. I had it, we just had put out, you know, some like nibbles, some cheeses and olives and some nice jovial Mm -hmm. crackers, just appetizers. And it was such a light, easy to drink wine to have out. Really beautiful. So give that one a try in your dry farm stocks. What does it say in the back as far as the region? Um... Oh gosh, why is French so hard? It's a town called Julie, Julie in northern Beaujolais. Okay. Nailed it. Hand picked and directly pressed without skin contact to keep it very clean, fresh and white. Wonderful. There you go. Give that a try in your dry farms box, my Note friends. Note Blanche by Franck Besson. <laughs> I thought you were going to say French kiss when they're trying to pronounce Luke in French kiss. Do you remember that? No. Oh, Luke. <laughs> Luke. He's tr- trying to get her to say it right. Accents? Oh, uh, yeah. Drive me wild. I love them. Oh, I, I, I told you them. I'd take a pill. I would take, that's when I would drop all my pharmaceutical <laughs> stance and I would just pop a pill. If I could have a British accent one day. Yeah. And a French accent the next. Wouldn't that be Mm -hmm. amazing? Yeah. Or like, yeah, come on. I know. Fabulous. I just have to hold on to the hope. And this was probably not true at all, but don't tell me if it isn't international (laughs) listeners that when people hear our accents, quote accents, they're like, oh, American accent. And it's kind of exciting to them. Just like They might say that to yours. I don't think to mine. I mean, no. (laughs) I don't think anybody's really craving Midwest, Wisconsin, Great Lakes. That's going to be the very last pill 
that they're asked to produce. We'll do all these other accents before <laughs> the, the very bottom of the barrel would be the Midwest accent. <laughs> Isn't there a, um, what's the movie? There's the funny movie. Is it Love Actually? Where the British guy comes to like a Wisconsin bar at the end. Oh my gosh. I think he so looks long. like Prince Harry and he thinks he's like, all the chicks are going to love me. And he ends up like in the, the tundra of Wisconsin. <laughs> At a bar with his British accent. Oh, that's awesome. Brilliant. Oh, that's <sighs> fabulous. Um, speaking of, is Prince Harry really not a prince anymore? No. I saw it on a gossip magazine at Target. Stop it. That's what it said. It's, prince no, Harry stripped of title. We don't refer no to longer gossip a rags for our royalty news. Well, Shay. is. Are you allowed to do that? Are you allowed to strip a prince of like, his title to yourself? Like, he, I could the I queen strip him of his, that? No, they're not going to do that. You sound like you're trying to convince yourself. No, I'm sure they're not going to do that. Didn't he have? He had to drop some title for when he moved to Canada. He doesn't live in Canada. Yeah, he's got a house up there. But he lives like in L.A., doesn't he? He's in L.A. No, I think he's in Canada. No, you're wrong. Listen to America. me. Trust me. <laughs> he's on my nerves. I know where he is. He's in L.A. Gross. I believe he's in L.A. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Vulgar. Hmm. Volga. L.A. is an off topic for another day, too. Kind of like Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> I was oh, listening boy. to that Stephen Ranella and Joe Rogan podcast, and Steve lived in Seattle for a while, and he talked mm-hmm. about how when he lived there, they would actually bring in excavators like like uh, the big thing with the scrapey bucket and have to just scrape the topsoil off these certain areas of the town because just to get up all the needles. Oh, that's lovely. Just scraping up and then they would just move right back in, you know? Oh, I remember. Crazy. uh, We were on our way to a wedding once with Aiden as a baby and we got rerouted. So we had to, you know, drive around Chicago and there was horrible traffic. So we hopped off. Way too close to Joliet. <laughs> it was really bad. I mean, we were going around. So those of you that are listening to me talk, you're like, you don't go by Joliet to get around Chicago. Trust me, you did that day. And we got out to pee at this gas station and it was like we had to tiptoe. Yeah. Basically, because the needles were just it was I've never seen anything like it. What? Who's that guy with the long red hair who always does the spoof YouTube videos? JP oh, Spears. He does JP some Spears. very funny ones. The on one he did on LA. On LA. With the needles. The, and he's like, I love when my kids get to, when yes. to jump across needles on their way to school. How else are they going to learn about hepatitis? <laughs> he is that dude. I love that guy. He's so he funny. makes me laugh so hard. I love he people that can laugh on it and just like laugh at everybody. Everybody deserves, like, there's something you can he, poke fun at. You know? He laughs at everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. just so good. So, so good. Um, my brother-in-law, uh, I know this is, we are not a political podcast, but my brother-in-law is moving from Portland right now. And he messaged me this morning that heroin, certain small amounts of heroin and cocaine are now legal in Oregon. I saw that. Legal. You can have heroin now. That is... Think that about all the. Gonna my be first thought was like a blessing, Shay. Especially, that is going to be such a blessing to the world. <laughs> like, just give me a spoon and a lighter, and let's do this. 
sort of thought my thought I don't care what you think about it but like my thought was like all those poor people who have been in prison for doing this for all those years (laughs) like I was just caught with like a little bag of heroin and I had to do five years come on yeah you're gonna give me some repercussion for that I I can't even sorry okay let's not go down that road okay but seriously (laughs) (laughs) there's something I like to call common sense as a citizen and if you have to rubber band your arm to (laughs) inject a needle into it I don't know oh we're gonna something just flew out the window Okay. Our what are we talking yeah. common sense? <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen. We are going to back on the track. Ready? Recalculating. We're going to have to cut that. We're going to get no, we're not. slaughtered not for that. that. Give me a break. I want to do drugs. It's my own prerogative. Don't make me feel bad. I want to be able to own Shay, heroin Shay, legally. Okay, it's I'm enough, sorry. Shay. <laughs> I'm sorry. here's what we're actually going to talk about today we want to talk about your first time (laughs) no no no, we don't (laughs) yes we do your first time entertaining not doing heroin (laughs) we are so off the rails don't you dare cut any of this (laughs) Remember we talked about that free flow just from the brain out the mouth, right? Where's my filter? Um, yes, let's talk about entertaining. Your first time entertaining. Like we kind of talked about ground zero hospitality last week. I loved that. But now let's talk about I, like, I loved that. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you got a little jiggy on my end of the call. I had no idea if you were talking or not. <laughs> Now we're going to talk about actually bringing people into your home and what that's sort of like, kind of how we set that up. Okay. Okay. Where to begin? (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think back to when I first did this. The very first time Stu and I got married. (laughs) That didn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Thinking about so many things right now. <laughs> come back, come back. Sorry. Sorry. When you and Stuart Got were married. first married, no, we had yeah. a group of friends who were staying. Um, we had rented a house. We weren't married yet. So, like, our house was just hanging out there until we got married. Okay. And a group of friends came in for the wedding and they stayed the night at our house. And I was kind of frustrated because like I hadn't stayed at the house yet. You know, it was like brand new, like getting ready to do this. So excited to like be together. And Mm -hmm. a group of like guys (laughs) came and just stayed in the house overnight. And hospitality. And they uh, (laughs) cooked dinner in the kitchen and they had used this cutting board that I'd gotten as a wedding gift. And it was this beautiful olive wood cutting board and just one use they like slaughtered it it was just cut up and stained and like what did you do on this thing like did you cut your carrots with a chainsaw and i was just so devastated because i was like here's this you know my new first house with like my husband and oh this is so exciting and and my 
you know, you only have five things when you first get married. Cutting boards, one of them. Oh, I was so frustrated. And I remember thinking like, I'm never bringing people into my house. Like frustrated is a generous, <laughs> a charitable word. No one's allowed to stay here. I'd have been like bridezilla. <laughs> no, I did not do that. But it was, um, it was sort of a good, in a way, a good welcoming into the fact that we talked about hospitality being costly. Entertaining's mm-hmm. costly too. Um, you know, you somebody's going to spill red wine on your white tablecloth, white sofa, or yep. your white it's sofa, gonna happen. or mm-hmm. somebody's kids are going to run in with you know poop on the bottom of their shoe over your antique carpet or whatever. And so just Mm -hmm. as we're thinking about entertaining in our home and bringing people into our home, I want you to just mentally prepare yourself for that, which we talked a little bit about last week, but just know like entertaining is costly. It is. It's going to, at the very least, it's going to, you know, hit your food budget. Um, but it's also going to just, um, I don't want to say it takes something away because it doesn't. It fills your home in such a beautiful way with life that there's no monetary value to. But I just want you to kind of be prepared for that. Be prepared that it's going to make life a little rough around the edges. Because unless Mm. we live in a sterile, confined, isolated environment, life is messy. People are messy. Cooking for people is messy. Eating with people is messy. You know, bringing a family into your home is messy. So just you know, just kind of be prepared for that. Okay. Especially if you're new to it. Why are you looking like you're going to laugh? I'm not. I'm just listening. No, you're not. I'm just okay. fervently hanging on every word. Coming out Come on. <laughs> um, I was thinking actually about, um, you know, in reading some of the YouTube com- comments or YouTube rather, uh, Instagram rather, uh, we have, a lot of different personalities, obviously, um, among our listeners. You know, you and I are pretty intense type A. I don't think so. People. <laughs> Give me a break. And uh, I was um, blessed to read some of these comments. People more laid back. Like, oh, you just you just open the door. You just make a pot of coffee. Like, yeah, it was refreshing. Mm-hmm. And. So some people, you know, are already, they're ready. They're ready for the red wine. Oh, don't worry about it. It's yep. just a tablecloth. Yep. Others of us are like, be ready for the red wine. You know, <laughs> die a little so, small death when, you know, some little kids picking up your little figurines and dropping them and shattering them on the floor. <laughs> right. So do you have, um, do you have a routine on entertaining day that you follow? Do you kind of mm-hmm. find yourself doing the same thing? Yes. The, the eight hours, the 12 hours before kind of a Okay. Thing? Yes. I'm glad you asked this question. Yeah. Originally, when I was first learning how to entertain, what I would do is I would start when I got up in the morning and I'm like, people are coming for dinner. You know, it's like that YouTube video. No one can know we <laughs> yes. live here. It's where the dudes dress like a mo- the mom. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then yeah. when the guests came, I was so exhausted because I've been yes. trying sweaty yeah. and exhausted. I've been trying mm-hmm. to get my family to, to be like, you don't get to live here today. Sorry. Mm-hmm. You don't get lunch. Cause I'm preparing dinner or like, right. You know, and they were just like, this isn't fun. And yeah, Stu in his very beautiful Stuart way. I am so hot for my husband. I am. <laughs> he has such a way about him. He was just kind of like, look, if you crush this in the process, it kind of defeats the purpose Mm -hmm. and you're not able to enjoy 
we're not none of us are able to enjoy um entertaining like we would if that wasn't the case sorry that was my computer um and so we kind of threw that out and as a type a it was hard for me to do but basically what we do now is we live our day normal other than like maybe i'll put the pot roast in or you know i start some of the food perhaps because we can talk about this i like to have some of the food taken care of so that i really can enjoy entertaining and side note please remind me what i was talking about but nigella lawson uk listeners props to you for just breeding this beautiful woman thank you um we thank you we thank you um she is the queen of of entertaining with ease Go mm-hmm. onto YouTube, watch some of her old Nigella uh, eats or Nigella bites yes. or whatever it is. Eats or bites episodes. Those, but that's, those are the ones where she, she's always got her friends. Over she's always and, having friends over, and she's like, "I'm not going to be bothered with this." And so she mm-hmm. just puts together food, incredible. And I love watching her do that. I know it's television, but still, she does a great job. So now, what we'll do is, other than starting some food in the morning, we live our life like normal, and then about three o'clock. It's like, okay, bless the house. All hands on deck. What I was wanting to do is control everything. And and what that means is carry all the burdens and heavy, do all the heavy mm-hmm. lifting. Can't do that, especially with all the people living here. So at like 3 or 3.30, it's all hands on deck. Okay, Georgia, you've got the living room. Owen, you've got the dining room. Juju, you've got the bathroom. Everyone gets a task. Stu's taking trash out that we've piled yep. by the kitchen door. Somebody's yep. loading the dishwasher. <laughs> You know, somebody's filling the diffusers. It's all hands on deck and we can knock it out in an hour. And then about 4.30, what I'll do is I will typically put a show on for the kids, usually a nature documentary, and they'll get to go downstairs, chill out, watch their show, and I get to then just put my little spin on things. So sometimes Mm -hmm. that just means putting a little vase of flowers out, finding the music I want to play, polishing off some of the food hanging out with Stu in the kitchen and just having a glass of wine and relaxing before they yes. come. Because I don't want my guests, especially when I'm entertaining, I don't want them to just come into a chaotic war zone. Which, if you're just practicing hospitality, there's a place for that. Come on into the fold. Fold the laundry on the table so we can sit down. Yes, I'm all about that too. But we're talking about entertaining mm-hmm. today. So that's our MO. And that is what works very well for us because we open our home i would say probably on average three times a week a supper time for other people and so you know when you do it that much you've got to get pretty good at it mm-hmm. and you only have to run yourself ragged so many times before you're like i can't do this anymore <laughs> yeah so what about you guys what's your routine like um it would be similar to that for like just having someone over for dinner um i don't often think i mean i guess that is entertaining for like things like parties or when it's a larger group of people or it's a bit more festive i will start the day before and i just sort of like i kind of map it out from the minute someone walks in the door i dial backwards because somebody was asking this we're going to sort of cover some of the questions that we received on instagram Mm -hmm. someone a few people said they really struggle with the timing aspect of everything how to pull the timing off and i think what, well, what I do is I look at my recipes. I look at what needs to be done around the house. You know, if I have a blouse that needs to be ironed, whatever. If it's a dirty hair day for me or a clean hair day, I literally will just work backwards for mm-hmm. 24 hours and sort of map it out that way and always allowing a little extra time 
for children, yes. for something to go wrong, you know, to realize you're out of vacuum cleaner bags or, or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, so, and then for, and that's more like some, that strategy really is employed for parties or for larger mm-hmm. crowds. Um, and then I have just a few like signature moves that I do. So I dress really comfortable that day. So that's the day where I'm wearing like my workout capris and a tank top because I'm going to be warm. I'm going to be hustling, moving around. And I usually kind of run the, do my day, like you said, on your, on my own. And then there's a moment where Joel will come in and we do, we say all hands on deck, Mm -hmm. everybody to the first floor. Here's your task. Check in with me when you're done. I'll give you the next thing to do. Yep. And I, we, we do that. We get it spruced up. And then just like you, I go around and I fluff. I do my little thing. I'll run out to the garden, do a few bouquets here, there. Make sure that the speaker is charging yeah. so that we can have music. Um, and then I pour myself a glass of champagne because I am an uptight person. As free-spirited as I am, <laughs> I get a little uptight. No. I pour a glass of champagne and uh, I go take a bath. Oh, and I just go like clean off yeah. because of mopping floors or just being gross from, yeah. from sweating or standing near a hot oven. And um, I don't wear makeup that day. And that's when I do a fresh face. Yep. So I have a fresh face on when people come in the door. It's amazing how good that makes you feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I try to just acknowledge like this could be a doozy. Mm-hmm. And so get cleaned up. I don't get done up until the very end. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that champagne and a quick cool bath, yeah, just to defunk, is my yeah. That's my signature move because then I'm fresh and like you know if if people in my family are sick of me by that point, yeah, <laughs> I've given them a little space, from right, mom, you know, and I do. I'll put on a show and actually, you mentioning that makes me think of something that an error we've also made and thus corrected in the mm-hmm. past, and that's um, it can be when you're entertaining. And you have kids in your home, it can be very easy to be like, okay, just do whatever. Like, I need to take care of this. Um, but I would encourage you, ladies, to not. <clears throat> this is going to sound harsh, and I'm trying to think of a way to word it so it doesn't sound harsh. But like, don't not discipline your kid that day. It's it's really discipline and correction. They take time and effort and engaged genuine thought and conversation. And this is not the day to skip that because you've got so much to do. Um, Because what that leads to is rotten kids when your company comes over and Mm -hmm. nothing can spoil a good dinner session, like good old fashioned meltdown slash temper tantrum or the like. Right. And when your kids feel like you've invested the time that you're seeing them, you're not just so focused on your guests that You've neglected your duty as their mother. I'm sorry. I don't know how to turn this off. Normally, I try to turn this off. I can't hear it. Okay. Uh, It's true, though, because children, they can spot hypocrisy a mile away. Oh, yeah. And inconsistency. And if they know that you're just throwing all caution to the wind, like, I don't care. Watch movies for six hours because mom's got stuff to do. I mean, that is a crevice that they will split wide open. Yep. If not that night, then the next day. Yeah. I think it's really important just to... Yep. Be your normal family. Do what you normally do. Um, but like I said, on my end, I'll, I'll kind of time block it out. And um, we had some questions about food timing. Yes. That's what I'm like, looking at right now. The hardest. Overdoing it, underdoing it with food. Not, I don't mean cooking wise, like 
charbroiling it. I mean, mm-hmm. like doing too much, doing too little. I got I got a move for that. You want to know my okay. move? Sure. <clears throat> I tip. I like to have something out for people to munch on when they come. Could be a cheese, could be olives, could be almonds, could be pieces of bread, like whatever. I don't care. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But something simple, like really simple, like a dump the dump the jar of olives into a bowl and put out the bottle of champagne or, you know, something like that. But what I'll do is I will do like three normal, really easy dishes that I know I can knock out of the park. Like I have a signature move and it's a cabbage salad. Whenever I go to a potluck, they're like, please bring your cabbage salad. I shred mm-hmm. cabbage. I make a gorgeous miso dressing. I toast some nuts. It's beautiful. Okay. Got that one. Knock it out. Super easy. Um, something like scalloped potatoes or just things you don't have to think about. Yeah. Three of those or two of those even. And then one fun thing. Star. One star. Yeah. Could be a beef wellington. Mm-hmm. Could be a fancy creme brulee for dessert. Could be whatever. Whatever, depending mm-hmm. on what phase of cooking you're at. But just choose one of those things. If you're trying to do a beef wellington and you're try- trying don't, to do these Hasselbeck potatoes and you're trying to do no. this Caesar salad with homemade dressing and you're trying to like, you'll explode. Yeah. And it won't be fun. And um, yeah, so that when it comes down to timing, when we have dishes that we make a lot, we typically know this is how long this is going to take. I know I can do this prep before, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, so lean into that. And just choose one thing, one thing that you, you'll I, be fussing with. I think it's so important. I think it's especially when you're just getting your uh, sea legs, land legs. Yeah. Don't. This is not the time to try four incredible recipes or even even if you're good at it yeah. to make to go for baller recipes. Like don't. And, you know, I will do that's the night when I will do the roast chicken. But then my dessert will just be, you know, slightly over the top. Yeah. Do it like that. It's much easier that way. Make it a complex dish, not a complex meal. Mm-hmm. This is a good uh, one. Somebody also, asked how we how we kindly ask people to leave when we're done. You know, the <laughs> French, I know, you know, it's not fair to just say the French do this because obviously not all French people do the same thing. But I did read a long time ago that in French culture, when you bring out the fruit juice, that's the cue. As the hostess, this night is over. We're done here. Would you like a glass of juice? We're done here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I usually just start yawning. Well, that's what happens to me because I go to bed early and I wake up early. Same. And so I feel so bad. But if I start yawning, it's over. I, know. I, I feel so rude and I'm like trying to stifle it, like trying not to be rude. But wow. Yep. Yeah, I don't really have a great... uh Allow there to be slightly awkward pauses in conversation, maybe, mm-hmm. you know? Well, I think it's just like anything else. You know, if I'm going to be interacting with someone, um, I'm not very, somebody asked this too. We'll talk about small talk in a minute. I'm terrible at small talk, like terrible. If I am going to be running an errand and I know I'm going to be interacting with someone who can really just keep it going or Joel is, I, I have this rule, like you set your boundary ahead of time. I'm like, Joel, pull in. And say, you know, thanks so much for letting me borrow your chainsaw. And she has dinner in the oven. I know we're going to eat around five. Like, say something Mm -hmm. that gives the message, like, I don't have all day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I think it's safe to even do that when you're entertaining. We'd love to have you guys over Thursday. 
we have a really big day on Friday. Mm-hmm. I hope you don't mind if we don't go too late. Yeah. But we can't wait to see you. Just set about a very polite boundary. That's a great even idea. In the invitation. That's a great idea. And yeah. I didn't think about that, but that is something people have done to us and we have done to others as well. Like, oh, we're going to mm-hmm. eat a bit early because we've got co-op on Friday or whatever it may right. be. And it kind of lets them know. Um, when we had little kids too, and even sometimes still we do this, like I will excuse myself and I will actually go put my kids to bed. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, just give me a few minutes. You know, you're welcome to go sit up in the living room, you know, and Stu will sit and talk with them and I'll go and get everybody in their pajamas and lay them down and, you know, and just so that way they're not totally out of whack either. I mean, mm-hmm. I can stomach um, a little bit of a later night much easier than the kids can. <laughs> right. Um, right. So that can be a, that can be a good way to kind of manage that as well. Um, the Va the Vonder, I don't know how you pronounce this Instagram handle. They ha- mm. she had a great idea too, and she said so. When monies are tight, we often invoke uh, invite folks over after dinner for popcorn and lemonade or hot cocoa, and that's a low cost way to extend hospitality. I think that's a great idea too. It's wonderful, or even a pre. Yeah. You could do like an afternoon. Have them over for afternoon tea and then it doesn't bleed into your night too much if you right. do have a big day the next day. Um, that can be a fabulous yeah, way to do even that. Even if, yeah, like, you know, we're, we have a big day the next day, but if you guys want to come over for happy hour or for tea, yeah. that's, that's lovely. Mm-hmm. But I think I, I'd kick back to your advice of just like set that in the invitation, mm-hmm. you know? We're having a family dinner tonight, but we have a little bit of time beforehand. If you guys would like to come over for, you know, a cocktail and some cheese or whatever. Right. And I'm with you on the uh, cold, like appetizers, if you will. Yeah. I, that's, I even put that in my cookbook, like olives, nuts. That's what all our French friends did. They'd have a little sausage, yep. cold sausage, nuts, olives, always a glass of champagne to stimulate the appetite. And that was it. No, like warm, you know, they're, they're not doing artichoke dip. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's yeah. a, yeah. It's those heavy exactly. foods that really ruin. No. And I can't stand it when I make food and people are so stuffed that they can't eat. So a, a little bowl of nuts, a dish of olives, yep, little tiny cornichon pickles or something and a glass of champagne, you're set. Yes, absolutely. One mm-hmm. of the questions we got a lot about when you're entertaining is how can you kind of gauge if people are having fun or how do you steer conversation? Like what topics do you bring up? Um, what do you talk about? And how do you make sure that, you know, your guests are having an enjoyable conversation? That would fall under the art of small talk. <laughs> like I said, is a bit of a struggle. I try to ask questions. Ask like, questions. That was going to be that's my That's my, because I can't just, I get very, I mean, it's amazing I can do this podcast. I get a little bit self-conscious if I just hear myself prattling on. Mm-hmm. It might even be interesting to them what I'm talking about. But once I realize if I've been talking for like two minute stretch or something and it's just me, it freaks me out. And so I think thoughtful questions are are really important. What kind of questions? I don't know. Who did you vote for in the presidential (laughs) election? How do you feel about heroin? How do you feel about (laughs) legalizing heroin usage? You know, just some small topics of conversation. We actually have friends and they, um, that's their like dinnertime MO, like questions. Like mm-hmm. the dad has questions and he just poses them. Yeah. Just stim- thought provoking. You know, if you got to go to Australia on vacation, what would you do? Mm-hmm. You know, just 
They're just questions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm sure if we looked that we would all be able to find resources on dinnertime. I'm sure books have been written. Yeah. I'm sure there's books full of thoughtful questions and conversation makers, safe conversation makers. If there's, yeah, you know, this is definitely a time where a lot of people, they're just dancing around topics. Seriously. <laughs> they're just, they're just two-stepping around topics, man. And, Seriously. You, know, <laughs> you want to do that and still, a lot of people, they're fine with that. Like that's, the arena that they want to play in, but you still want to have meaningful conversations. Well, and you want to be respectful. Too. And like, so yeah, I, I guess I would encourage if you're having people over, like, you know, read, read the situation. Okay. Like mm -hmm. if it's, um, if it's somebody that, you know, intimately through, you know, church or something like there's probably certain things you can talk about that you might not talk about if it's just your neighbor. Right. That maybe mm -hmm. you're not sure what their thoughts are on. And I don't think the point of entertaining should just be let's have frivolous conversation and not talk about anything important. I don't like that. Let's avoid talking about religion. Let's avoid talking about politics. Right. Like, no, we're adults. I know most of America doesn't look like this right now on social media, but we are adults. And most of us are capable <laughs> of just having a conversation, even with somebody we disagree with. <gasps> yeah, I think we're really and like. This is, gosh, this is like my third French reference, but they're, they're really good at this. They can have like raging, stimulating, disagreeable dinnertime conversations and still be friends. Yeah. And I think we have a lot of hangups like that. We have this mindset maybe that we just need to only be friends with people. We totally 100% are in lockstep agreement. Yeah. With, and that's stupid. I really love hearing them at dinnertime like disagree. Yeah. And nobody's threatened. Oh my gosh, you're allowed your own opinion. Yeah, imagine that. Pretty cool. Imagine that. Imagine that. My friend Jess um, always does a really good job of engaging in conversation. He always asks how certain family members are. How are your parents? Mm -hmm. You know, or how are right. your sisters? Um, and he always asks, "Have you guys read anything interesting lately?" And I love, I love that question. It could be a news article. It could be um, the last time we were there, and he asked that question. I was like, "Well, I just read this policy that's." you know, for a vote in Washington state. And I don't understand this and this doesn't make sense, but he's a lawyer and he's a tax lawyer and he understands all this okay. stuff. So I'm like, explain this to me. And so that was our entire dinner conversation was like him trying to help me understand what this was actually doing. But, um, but all, right. all starting from the question of like, what have you been reading lately? And I love mm -hmm. that he doesn't ask, what have you been watching lately? Right. Cause that's I, where I, conversation know. goes. It always goes to YouTube or Netflix. Always. Right. Right. Lame. It does. And then somebody ends up getting out their phone to show you yep. something, which I just can't stand. We always joke. Like, every dinner party ends up in a YouTube. Oh, like everybody around. I will tell phone. you this. We've started to do this. I and this is, I, I suppose, bold, but I put a little bowl on the kitchen counter yep. and it says, check your tech. And so I invite people to turn their phones over if they want to. It doesn't always go over well all yep. the time. I don't care. Yep. It's my house. Um. You know, and if yeah. you want to, that's what my friend Jody does with uh, any kids that come into her house. She's like, you can have your phone yeah. here. You can use it whenever you'd like to like text your mom or whatever, but it stays right here. Thank you. That's great. I think that's a great Ooh, rule. I, love that. I know we, um, we talk a lot on this show about skilling up. Yes. Because we're, we reference the art of homemaking. So conversation being, um, a good conversationalist is a skill. And so if you don't want to fall back to, you know, how you're, someone's favorite sports team is doing or talking about the weather, go ahead and skill up, put some thought into 
have a few like yeah. questions that you go to, you know, that you you can rely on to stimulate conversation. And don't be embarrassed if you do reference a book or a website or or get some tools to help you skill up in mm-hmm. that area for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, I watch this. Do you ever watch the stand-up comedian Nate Bargatze, the Tennessee kid? No, oh, no, I don't think you so. Simply must. I hate when people tell me what to do, but you need to watch him. But he's from Tennessee, obviously mm-hmm. the Tennessee kid. Maybe, maybe I feel like the name Nate. I don't know. Okay, well, he. I just was watching this bit and made me think of it. Where you know he's like, people are really awkward at small talk, and sometimes they're not really sure what to say. So one of the questions we always ask as Americans is like, oh, well, where are you from? And he's like, well, you can obviously tell from the accent, like I'm from the South, I'm from Tennessee. And they're like, oh, well, my grandma goes to Florida. And he's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so are we just shouting out random facts that we know or things that have happened to us? Like I can play this game, you know? And oh, it's the funniest bit. I'm not doing it justice at all, obviously, but um, maybe we could find it and post it on the yes. Patreon okay, page let's do that. So everyone can watch. My it. point okay. is like when people give you a response, um, if you're awkward in small talk, try to actually respond. Don't don't flip it around to you or how you relate to that. Just keep mm-hmm. asking questions. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. Well, then how did you end up in Oregon? You know, or right. oh, what kind of like what kind of childhood did you have? Did you guys grow up out of town, or like were you in Nashville? Like what was that like? I mean. Just keep asking different layers of questions because that'll help mm-hmm. the small talk. They'll help it. You got to right. go. Everyone go watch Nate Bargatze. He's hilarious. Um, uh, there's a one on there about entertaining in small, small spaces. Which yes. Done. Yes. Um, when we did that. Again, I think that's like really an American thing because we have this like McMansion idea better housing idea like i can't entertain because i don't have a giant family room yeah and you know historically throughout hundreds of years homes have been so much smaller yeah and people had people over yeah and everything was okay everyone survived i think about the madame chic books that jennifer scott wrote and you know madame chic they lived in an apartment and she entertained like five nights a week i think I mean, like mm-hmm. an insane amount, but it was just, here's a table and cozy up. That's it. Right. And I mean, it wasn't anything over the top. I think you're right. I think just in the age of Pinterest, we think entertaining looks like this. What is happening? I don't know. Steam. They're steamrolling. Mol- <laughs> Marbles. It's maybe. I don't know. <laughs> oh. It is. It's a, it's a very um, Pinterest just perpetuated. So my, well, yeah, my encouragement would be to just let go of that. Just let go of that. We've entertained before where we've eat. I used to have a house where it was the same thing. There was no dining room, no dining room table. Whenever we had people over, we half would eat in the kitchen and half would eat on the couches. That was Mm -hmm. that. I mean, it just, everyone just sat around. We used to have to like shimmy, er, 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 Mm -hmm. like side shimmy down to and then climb over the bench. Yep. And oh yeah, yep. we were like sardines. Um, yeah. There's one question on here. I want to make sure we get to before we run out of time because I think it's an important one. I think it really ties in with the hospitality aspect of what we're talking about okay. this season. And it was talking about how, um, oh, I've lost it now, but it was a single a single mom and she doesn't have a husband. So she felt self-conscious oh. 
I wrote this okay, one down. inviting people yeah. over who like who would their would their husband talk to, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think this ties perfectly into what we were talking about last week. And I will give you an example of of how okay. this has worked in our home. Um, again, we we like to bring people into our home. It's easy to bring people into our home. That's like, okay, I'm a husband and a wife and we have four kids and I shall now bring in another husband and a wife who are our age, who we agree with politically, Mm -hmm. who we agree with religiously, who like the same things that we do, who have the same hobbies and they have kids all the same ages as our kids. And that's who Mm -hmm. we are going to entertain because that sounds fun and that sounds easy. And that's just a toxic way to look at hospitality and not right. Um, my or closed ended. It's closed at least, ended. At the very least, you can only go so far. My guess and then is you that run out of people to have exactly over. for this yeah. for this particular person. If she were to have her friends over, their husbands would just engage in conversation with them. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be a girl girl conversation, boy boy. Like that's just so boxed in. And we've had a great example of this. We have um, two bachelors in our church. They're brothers, and so. One of them is our farm sitter. And so he'll watch the farm when he's away. And he came this summer to help do Stu do some farm work just to get out of his house and, you know, mm-hmm. learn some things. So he came over and every night when they got done with work, I would make dinner and he would come in and he would just eat with us, you know, and it was just a single bachelor. And here I am, a woman, four kids, you know, he's got no kids. It's just like in your mind, you're like, this doesn't line up at all. Mm-hmm. But because he was working on the farm, we enjoyed this for like two weeks where we had dinner together every night. And he was just mm-hmm. it was beautiful and fun. And I think we have to just break that mold of thinking. I'm going to talk to people that are easy for me to talk to, easy for me to relate to. It's easy to relate to another mom. He's a like a mm-hmm. statistical mathematician for a insurance company. Like we don't have that much in common. Right. Mm -hmm. But if we can engage in just asking thoughtful questions and continuing to do that, it's amazing the conversations that can open. And then it got to the point where his brother would join us as well. So then we've got, you know, these two single guys and Stu and I. And it's just kind of beautiful the way that humans are humans. They're not just their family structure and they're not just their gender. Like, Mm -hmm. and frankly, this is kind of a side road. Do you find it easier to actually talk to men? I do. I find it so much easier to talk to men. <laughs> I always have. I always have since high school. I mean, like, not in a trampy way, just like I do. Why I, do you think that is? Um, maybe not all men. Some men really intimidate me. Um, when if they're real funny and snarky and like sarcastic, yeah. Uh, I, that kind of I seize up a bit there. You're like, hey, that's my role, man. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah. (laughs) I am the snarky Um, one in this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I also think too, I I invite them to, to, to help you out. You Mm -hmm. know, like a lot of times we ask women like, you know, oh, could you, what can a wife will walk in? What can I do to help? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe have him start the fire, Mm -hmm. have a a gentleman guest start the fire or I make um, them cut the meat a lot. Cut the meat. I'm like, can you go slice the meat? Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah, the men like to feel handy and useful yeah. and, you know, yeah. get them engaged. Give them something yeah. to do. And I think mm-hmm. I think that just ties into our our bigger picture this season of just letting it look different. Mm-hmm. Letting it look different. Um it could be the single woman that you know, the single man that you know, the widowed woman with a bunch of like whatever. There's just there's no mold of saying these are the type of people that you should have over. Just let's think bigger than that. Let's think bigger than mm-hmm. that. And 
and give people the benefit of the doubt. He's probably just going to be happy to have a happy wife who doesn't have to cook dinner that night. He's probably very excited to go to your house and spend time with you and your kids. Yeah. You know, that's that's what I was just going to say. It's easy to think like, oh, my like for me, you know, I have six kids, a little chaotic. Yeah. You know, uh, I need I need to remember, like if someone says yes to my invitation, they want to come over. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and. They maybe they find the kids charming. They like interacting with the kids. They like the novelty of this kind of slightly alternative lifestyle mm-hmm. that we have. And like, don't don't discredit. Somebody accepts your invitation. Yep, that's a compliment. Yeah, yeah. big time. I loved this. I don't know how how are we doing on time? I'm all confused. I think we're good. Okay, I think we're about done. Um, yep. Well, there was this really great uh, quote on our Instagram that I wanted to share. This was the best new hospitality advice that was passed on to this young bride. Quote, Mm. if you don't have people over when all you can afford is hot dogs, you aren't likely to have them over when you can afford steak. Boom. And I I love that. that. I love it. I think the same could be true. Like if you're not going to have people over before you have a husband, you probably Mm -hmm. aren't going to after or before kids or after kids or with kids or when your kids leave the house. I mean, you could flip that in a thousand different ways. And I think the point is that there's no ideal situation for opening your home for entertaining it's a mentality it's a mindset which is like so much of what we do here on this podcast better not more is a mindset Mm -hmm. it's not we're going to tell you exactly how much you can spend on this you know it's we like to put bullet points and numbers and boundaries on things but we're, Mm -hmm. we're trying to really get at the heart of this in the mindset of entertaining you know the little umbrella under the bigger umbrella of hospitality is a mindset there is a million ways that this can look depending on your situation and what homemaking looks like for you, whether you have a family, whether you're married, whether you're in a teeny apartment, whether you're in a giant house, 45 minutes out of town, whatever. It can be Mm -hmm. the popcorn and hot chocolate. It can be the creme brulee. It can be all those things. But it's this idea of I am intentionally going to have eyes to see where there's an opportunity for serving others. And in the entertaining field of it, like I'm going to give these people a rest. They're going to come in. They're going to be nourished. They're going to be refreshed. We're going to build relationships, belly up to the table with our neighbor and break bread. And, you know, the hope is that when you entertain, somebody leaves feeling nourished by the attention and the space and what you've given them. And that's the goal in the end. Right. And not and don't I would say to the new entertainer, don't box yourself in. I mean, when I have a dinner party, like I'm going all out. I'm pressing in the napkins. I've got candles. I've got the room set to a certain temperature. You know, I'm I'm going all out. That's my style. If you're not an all outer, that does not mean you're not an enter- entertainer. Let's not like put entertaining in a certain Martha Stewart shaped box. Yes. Oh, my God. I know. I'm sorry. It sounds I don't even have <laughs> marbles, but I'm pretty sure that that's what they're doing. I'm pretty sure they forged summer. Like, yeah blew some glass seriously that's what they're doing we would love for you well, not only to share this podcast with people like angela asked you to do at the beginning we would love to reach oh my gosh <laughs> and we're done here <laughs> cheers <laughs> we would love for this podcast to reach the ears of other homemakers who need to hear it but we yes. would also love to hear from you over on instagram at homemaker chic podcast what entertaining looks like for you in this season um, it's going to mold. Yeah. It's going to change. It's going to shift. The way we entertain now is different than what it was when we were newlyweds or when I was single even and all these 
you know, and that's the beautiful part of it. So we would love for you to join in the conversation over at Homemaker Chic Podcast. If you would like to show some love to the podcast to encourage us to keep going, please visit us over on Patreon as well. Patreon.com forward slash Homemaker Chic and you can support the podcast there. You're going to show us some love. We're going to show you some love, which which, where we post special things and engage in conversations with you and do our end of the season um, hangout together as well. So do check that out. We'll find that comedian and we'll post it over there. Nate Bargatze. Nate Nate Bargatze. We'll have the show notes. Yes. So if you can't find the show notes, if you absolutely can't find the show notes on your podcast player, head over to patreon.com forward slash Homemaker Chic Podcast. Yes. You'll find them there. Tomorrow, Tomorrow is Ultra Feminine Friday. Use the hashtag Ultra Feminine Friday. Show us your stuff. Yes. And also use the hashtag what I'm sipping as you uh, show some love to dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic. Get your wine for Thanksgiving. You get set up for entertaining. You can talk about your wine. That's always a good topic of conversation. And then show us on Instagram yeah. what you're sipping. Use the hashtag what I am sipping. And uh, Sounds like if you need more entertaining until we hang out with you again on Monday, check out our YouTube channels. I am making a I'm talking natural sweeteners this week on YouTube and showing you how to make a delicious homemade honey coffee that is naturally sweetened, obviously. So go check that out. And Angela, I believe, is showing you her living room. That was last oh, week. Oh, OK. What's this week? This week, I'm showing you how to plant paper whites and amaryllis for the holidays. Oh, and I'm showing you, I did that earlier, and then tomorrow I'm showing um, what we eat in a week, family mm. of eight. Yes. Kind of where we get our food and how we're doing this whole food yes. thing during the fall. During the fall. So. Yep. That's mm-hmm. on our calendar too. I love to see what people eat. I think it's fast. It's like looking in someone's underwear drawer and you're like, oh, amazing. <laughs> That's not what I think of somebody. I didn't know she wore a girdle. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's be done, Shay. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> That's not what I say when I look in people. I don't look at people's underwear drawers. Yes. <laughs> when Shay comes over to your house and she says, "Where's the ladies' room?" She's actually sneaking into your bedroom and looking in your underwear drawer. Now you know. <laughs> All right, ladies. We'll see you Monday. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.